Hello and welcome to Saird's Audio Fan Fictions. I'm Saird. Thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, we will be continuing on with Chapter 2 of Something Yet to Learn by Glitter Bombshell. If you've missed any episodes or just want a refresher, please follow the links in the description below. There, you should find links to past episodes and chapters. Also, just a reminder, the entirety of this fic will be made available for download as a single complete audiobook upon the fic's completion. It and other complete works can be found on my website at sairdsaudiofanfics.com. Right, with all that out of the way, let's get to it. Happy listening! Chapter 2 Who wants to try them out? The question hangs in the air for a few heartbeats, and Wei Wu Shen cocks an eyebrow, mischievous grin still firmly in place. A few of the children look at him from the piles of talismans in their hands and back again, and he can see the answer glowing in their eyes. Who wants to try them out? Everyone. The answer is everyone. But children they may be, but they are land children. The oldest, or maybe just the tallest, kids do weird things when they're growing. Hien Zheng Cheng had had a whole year where they seemed to trade off who was tallest every few weeks. Steps forward, his small face knitting into a frown. The boy has a pair of thick black eyebrows, and for one moment, his expression looks so much like Lan Chiren's haughty disapproval that it's all Wei Wuxian can do not to dive forward and plant a smacking kiss right between those brows. Ah, uh, why hadn't Lan Jen told him they were baby juniors? Why hadn't they been introduced? He knows why. And a familiar curl of wistfulness whispers through him. The miniature Lan Chiren's mouth works soundlessly before the boy seems to mentally throw up his hands. Here? He squeaks, and his expression turns even more delightful. He looks scandalized, like some maiden auntie happening upon a courting couple in a compromising position. Wei Wuxian bites back his laughter by sheer force of will and forces himself to look very serious. Of course not, he intones gravely. Setting off wind talismans in the library is forbidden. And sadly, it probably is, somewhere in those thousands and thousands of rules. Wei Wuxian holds the somber expression for another heartbeat, and then grins, wide and joyous. Besides, I've got something much more interesting in mind. Outside. The children all freeze. Nine identical expressions of sheer disbelief boring into him. The tallest, oldest? He's going with oldest. There's something in that little face that looks more mature than the others. Baby Junior looks torn before shaking his head. Are you serious? An instant later, his shoulders stiffen in horror at the transgression he's just committed. And he bows so fast, Wei Wuxian is mildly surprised he doesn't injure himself. Uh, I mean, forgive this disciples in, in, in pretense, in, in per, pre? Impertinence. 
Wei Wushan corrects gently, squatting down so he can look the boy in the face, even as low as he's bowed. And you're not being impertinent. Don't worry. He is, a little. But Wei Wuxian is fairly certain the heavens would strike him dead on the spot, again, were he ever to take someone to task for being impertinent. That would make Lan Zhen very sad. The boy straightens hesitantly, licking his lips and reaching up to tug on a small curl by his ear. Impertinent, senior, he amends. Just, teacher Lan said we were to copy. Are you sure he'd want us to go out and try them? Wei Wuxian is sure of the exact opposite, naturally. However, he does not miss the thread of hopeful excitement in the boy's voice, nor the way the other children were exchanging furtive, sparkling looks, tiny grins threatening at the corners of their mouths. They have been so good this afternoon. They deserve a little bit of fun. And if he himself wants to chase the warmth that had settled so sweetly in his heart at their eager questions, at the way they'd hung on his every word just a little longer, that was no one's business but his own. He draws himself to his full height again, rubbing his chin with exaggerated thoughtfulness. Master Lan did say you were to copy, he admits. Then he waggles his eyebrows playfully. Which you have, admirably. He said I was not to review anything with you, which I have not. It only counted as review if he went over things they already knew, right? He's been answering entirely new questions for the last half hour, right? A voice that sounds suspiciously like his husband mutters in his head about following the spirit versus the letter of a request but he ignores it with practiced ease. The children are all nodding along with what he's saying, and even the oldest looks significantly less conflicted. Grinning, he goes in for the kill. Metaphorically speaking, of course. And he said I was to watch you until someone came to collect you, which I shall. I'll just be watching you use these talismans to throw snowballs, rather than watching you copy lines. The tiniest land disciple, the one with the many gaps in his teeth and the most endearing dimples in his chin, straightens as though a lightning shock has raced through him, his bright brown eyes saucering. Really? He breathes. Really see your way? Ah, they do know who he is. A ripple goes through the others, the land stoicism not quite trained into them yet and Wei Wuxian is treated to the sight of a few more quicksilver grins. The air crackles with barely concealed excitement. Wei Wuxian taps the side of his nose and holds three fingers up, smiling brightly. On my honor, he says, but you all have to promise to listen to me and do exactly as I say. He straightens his spine and puts his hands on his hips, meeting each set of eyes seriously. Instantly, most of the little heads are bobbing up and down. We promise, senior, the littlest one chirps. The holdouts, clearly the older ones in the group, including the boy with the curly hair, shift from foot to foot. They glance from him to the stacks of talismans in their hands, fretting silently. But, 
And Wei Wuxian cannot stress this enough. They are children. And their teacher, for the moment anyway, is offering them permission to go throw snowballs with magic paper. The holdouts fold like cheap cloth. In seconds, Wei Wuxian has two perfectly straight lines of land disciples in front of him, arranged from tallest to shortest. There's a murmur of very unlandlike chatter that quickly silences when he claps his hands together once. He turns back to the abandoned stack of his own notes and research to hide his delighted smirk. He thinks he might actually be more excited than the children. Hastily, he scribbles a note out on one of his abandoned sketches for the protection charm, just in case someone does eventually come for the children. He weighs it down with an inkstone, leaving it hanging over the edge of the desk he's been using, impossible to miss. Satisfied that no one will be able to accuse him of kidnapping the next generation of Gusu Lansect, and oh, how he wishes that were a joke. He waits for the baby juniors to shrug back into their fur-lined cloaks and gloves, opens the library door with a flourish, and leads the children out. The sky is slate gray, seeming to press down lower than usual, and there is a heavy wetness to the air that promises more snow later. For now, though, the wind has died down. The day is cold, but not bitter. And even Wei Wuxian finds the crunching of snow under their boots pleasant. They walk down to one of the smaller practice fields, a circle of level ground where the younger disciples practice sword forms. The place is usually deserted this time of day, but it's close enough to the main buildings that they should be easy enough to find, if anyone ever comes looking for them. Silently, he wonders if he and Lan Zhen might have to cut their stay in the cloud recesses short. Just what kind of diplomatic issue could have drawn Lan Chiren's attention so thoroughly that he still has not sent anyone to get the children? It may require Lan Zhen's personal attention. Senior Wei? One of the children asks. He's probably eight or nine, and a smattering of dark freckles dust the bridge of his nose. He bites his bottom lip, holding up his stack of talismans. How are we going to throw snowballs with these? An excellent question, Wei Wuxian says, and the truth is, he's not exactly sure. He and Zheng Cheng had found every possible way such talismans could be applied to mischief when they were children. But such applications had mostly involved cheating at paper boat races and slicing the bottoms off lotus plants. He lets himself drift a moment. Ghosts of childish laughter echoing in his ears. He and his siblings lying on their stomachs on the warm, sun-drenched docks of Lotus Pier as they watch crude little paper vessels cut through the glimmering water, urged on with flicks of their fingers and bursts of new power. Shiji cheering them both on even as her own boat fell further and further behind. He and his brother taking turns missing their boats with their talismans and hitting hers, so that they all made it to the other side of the lake at the same time. He shakes himself free of the past, not without effort. Right now he has nine very eager children that he has made a promise to. He narrows his eyes, thinking. The mechanics of what he wants to do are simple enough. The training dummies at one end of the field will serve perfectly well as targets. 
The hardest part will be getting the juniors to properly focus the energy of the talismans. A precise strike instead of just a wild gust of wind. The first thing we need are snowballs, he announces with a resolute nod. He looks down at the thick blanket of white that covers the ground, lifting one foot and wiggling his toes until it falls off his boot in a wet clump. Looks like the snow is the perfect texture to stick together. Still, he shivers at the very thought of picking up any of this with his bare hands. He looks at the juniors and affects a dramatic pout. Sadly, I've never had occasion to make such things growing up in Yunmang. Won't you take pity on this poor, ignorant senior and show him the best method? The children light up. There is not a mad scramble, per se, but there is certainly a very unlandisciple-like dash as they immediately set their papers down in the snow and start scooping it up by the handful. Wei Wuzhen tucks his cold fingers up under his arms and listens very seriously as several chattering voices trip over themselves to explain to him the art of making snowballs. Some of them are more adept at it than others. The ones from branch families or smaller sects who had been adopted into the clan, he suspects. The ones who haven't spent all their lives in the quiet, ordered discipline of the cloud recesses. The smallest boy is the quickest of them all, and he darts to Wei Wuxian's side with every new snowball he creates, holding it up for inspection with more of those charming, dimpled, gap-toothed grins. In just a few minutes, there is a respectable pile of snowballs stacked up in front of them. Wei Wuxian claps appreciatively and nods to himself. All right, next thing, we have to establish some rules. He imagines the expression Lan Chiren would make at hearing him say such a thing. He does not cackle like a mad crone. Barely. He crooks a finger at the freckle-faced Lan, beckoning him forward and reaching for his stack of talismans as he comes. This boy has the cleanest lines of all of them, the characters nice and even, the brushstrokes firm without being too dark. Textbook technique. First thing. He says, How many of you have actually formed a core already? Doesn't matter how strong. Four of them raise their hands, the oldest of the bunch. Wei Wuxian nods to himself. Excellent. Very impressive. He takes one of the freckle-faced boy's talismans and pulls a worn nubbin of charcoal stick from one of his pockets. A couple of quick adjustments on the paper, and he tosses it out into the field stretching in front of their little group. The children jump as the talisman bursts into a gale of wind that rushes over the ground, splitting into three bursts and kicking up ditches in the snow. When the power dissipates, there are three deep, straight lines, about seven feet long, dug into the snow in front of them, about five feet between each line. He winks at his assistant, then fixes all the juniors with his most serious expression. Everyone is to remain behind whatever line I tell them to at all times. Wind talismans aren't very powerful, but anything can be dangerous if you have enough power to make it so. It's very important that you all stand where I tell you to, in case I have to block one of them. I need to know where I can direct the energy safely, yes? Wide-eyed, the children all nod their assent. Secondly, you're only to aim at the training targets. 
No throwing snowballs at each other. He wags a finger at them chidingly, and is again met with nine little heads nodding gravely. A couple look like they are biting back giggles. He marks it as a victory. Now. He gestures them all closer, and the children cluster around him, the littlest ones actually jostling their peers to get a good spot. He crouches down in the center of them, holding out another of the freckle-faced boy's talismans, as well as one he selects from the mini Lanchiren stack. See this character in the corner? He says, pointing to the nearly identical brushstrokes on each paper. This controls the force of the gusts you create. See how this one is darker than the other one? More ink, more pressure on the stroke. One of these will be much stronger than the other. Draw more spiritual energy to the force of it than the direction or how long it lasts. These talismans are actually really easy to adapt. You can change almost anything about them. He falls into the easy rhythm of talking, explaining, showing, spinning to and fro to meet each pair of eyes as he talks. He hands the talisman around and lets the juniors practice powering it up, sweeping the spiritual energy away with a snap of his fingers before it actually had the chance to fire the wind gust. Judging by their exuberance at even that, he gathers they have not had much opportunity for such things yet. Even the few golden cores that have formed in these juniors are weak, fluttering things, like tiny birds just barely coming into their flight feathers. He scratches his head and tries to remember the training regimens back at Lotus Pier. He'd had a hand in all of them as head disciple, but he'd mostly been regulated to working with juniors Sijui and Jin Ling's age. He'd taught archery to the youngest young Meng Jiang disciples, and their weapons master usually passed off the basic swordsmanship to him in the hottest months. As often as Madame Yu had punished him with her endless drills, his grasp of young Meng Jiang's sword fighting had been flawless. He'd never been responsible for teaching talismans and spell work, though. But it's probably fine, even if he doesn't exactly remember how old he and Jiang Cheng were when they learned this stuff. The children are glued to his every word, curious and questioning, and they are all understanding the mechanics just fine. A few of the youngest have trouble focusing their energy enough to feed into the talisman, but that's not unusual. Satisfied, he stands up and shakes a bit of snow from the hems of his robes. He grins at them. So, he says, drawing the word out with deliberate slowness. Who wants to try first? Predictably, Nine hands shoot into the air, and he is sure only their nascent land decorum is keeping them from leaping up and down for his attention like pup, like some small, cute baby animal that is most assuredly not associated with the devil incarnate that is a dog. He waves the freckled-faced boy forward again and nods at him to grab a couple of snowballs from the arsenal. Everyone line up behind the nearest line, he says, and is pleased when they obey immediately, shuffling into a group. Already flinching at the cold, he takes one of them and tosses it from hand to hand a few times, before tossing it straight up. Not bothering with another paper talisman, he focuses his own spiritual energy as the ball falls back to earth, sketching the shape of his command in the air before flinging it against the snowball right before it hits the ground again. A burst of wind kicks up a small spray of snow, and the snowball arcs back up as though it's being struck with a stick, 
sailing towards the training dummies at the other end of the field. It smacks wetly against one of the targets, and one of the juniors cheers as though he's done something amazing. He doesn't have to look to know it's the smallest disciple. He takes up position behind the freckle-faced boy, laying a hand on his shoulder as he holds up one of the talismans. We're going to go one at a time at first. Whatever happens, as soon as you have your turn, you go back to the end of the line. It'll probably take you a few tries to get it right. I'm going to move some of you closer or farther away from the target. Here, he indicates the three lines cut into the snow. Wherever I'm standing, I want everyone else behind the line behind me. Questions? The baby juniors shake their heads silently, and there is another not-quite-scramble to get into an orderly line. Wei Hu-Zhen watches them a moment, then turns back to the freckle-faced disciple. He bends down and picks the other snowball up off the ground where the boy had dropped it. Ready? He asks and tosses the snowball high when the boy nods. The baby juniors are... not good at this. Snowball after snowball splats back to earth while the children miss them again and again. Wind gusts kick up every which way but their intended direction. Though Wei Zhen carefully keeps everyone out of the line of fire. Sprays of snow fly up and swirl in the air like miniature blizzards, and he has to redraw his boundary lines every five minutes. It's a delightful way to spend an afternoon. The children attack their task with the enthusiasm of the very young, and in any other place, Wei Wuxian knows the training field would be filled with shrieks of laughter. The juniors listen raptly to his instructions, preen under the praise he heaps on every try. Their cheeks redden and their eyes sparkle, and Wei Wuxian's face starts to ache a little at how hard he is smiling. It's been a while since he had this much unabashed fun. And slowly, the children find their footing. The wind gusts become less erratic. More of the snowballs are tossed back into the air, though nowhere near the training targets. The children band together to gather up their fallen ammunition, packing the snow back into spheres and adding more. The first time one of the juniors, the mini Lanchiren, of course, manages to whack a snowball almost halfway to the targets, the others actually burst into applause, clapping their friend on the shoulder. Wei Wuxian wants to ruffle the boy's hair and pinch his cheeks, but settles for saluting him with a wide grin. The boy's flush of pleased surprise as he bows back is both adorable and hilarious. Now that one of them has managed it, the others double down on their efforts. More and more snowballs sail through the air, successfully wind-blasted. And when the freckle-faced boy finally hits a target, one would think he'd managed to take down a high-level demon all by himself for all the excitement of the juniors. The stunned pride when Wei Wuxian salutes him as well is even more adorable and more hilarious than the mini Lan Chiren. Wei Wuxian flicks a look up at the sky and then back at the path they had taken from the library. Still, no one has come for them, and the bell for the evening meal will surely be ringing soon. He flexes his own chilled fingers, wraps his cloak more tightly around his body. Last round, everyone. You'll still have to put your supplies back in the classroom before supper. Unsurprisingly, 
there are many slumped shoulders and looks of disappointment. Ah, 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 such faces, he chides. You've all done so wonderfully. Truly the best snowball throwing I've ever seen. There is one figure, though, that doesn't cheer up at all with his words. Wei Wuxian tilts his head slightly, his gaze zeroing in on the youngest disciple. The boy's eyes are downcast as he toys with the edge of his cloak, gnawing on his lip as though he's trying to keep from crying. The littlest junior has not even managed to fully power a talisman yet, his spiritual energy barely sputtering the direction he wants it to go. Wei Wuxian's own delight dims at the thoroughly disappointed look on the little boy's face. Not for the first time, he is almost viscerally reminded of his Ayun. Not the wonderful young man Shijui grew up to be, but the tiny child who had clung to his Yengaga's leg and demanded stories every day and lullabies every night. Before he even realizes he is moving, he finds himself crouching down in front of the boy ducking his head so he can look in his eyes. Hey, he says gently, there's no need to be sad. I know it's disappointing not being able to do something your friend can do, but that's why you're practicing. You have such good teachers here. Soon you'll be leaving us all in the dust, I'm sure. The boy's lips tilt into a tremulous smile, but he doesn't look like he really believes what Wei Wuxian is saying. The disciple with the freckles steps forward and hesitantly shifts his weight from foot to foot before grabbing the smallest junior's hand. Then Shin tries really hard, Senior Wei, the boy says, squeezing his friend's hand encouragingly. But he has a hard time focusing his energy. Teacher even has him stay after classes sometimes to recopy his notes so that he understands better. But nothing seems to work. The youngest disciple... Lan Xin, apparently, and Wei Wuxian thinks he'll be able to remember that name after all. Looks sadder and sadder as his friend speaks. And Wei Wuxian decides that will absolutely not do. He squints at the boy consideringly, tapping his fingers against his thighs before he stands up again. Lan Xin, will you try something for me? He asks, holding out his hand. The boy looks at him, startled. But after a few heartbeats, he trustingly takes Wei Wuxian's hand. He smiles and leads the boy a few steps away from the group, stopping by their discarded pile of snowballs. Wei Wuxian swallows against a rush of memory. Almost expects to hear Wen Qing's voice calling after him to make sure he buys everything on her list and have a yun back before dark. I'm going to power the talisman with you this time, okay? he says, his plan forming even as he speaks. Of course, he has no idea why Lan Xin is having the kind of troubles the freckle-faced disciple talked about. He just has a suspicion, and an older memory than the laughing child in the burial mounds, older and dimmer even than the sun-soaked docks and the paper boats. He lets go of the boy's hand and quietly guides his small fingers onto his own wrist, pressing them right up against one of his meridian points. Gently, so gently, he lets his own spiritual energy pulse against Lan Xin's. Feel that? he asks. At the boy's confused nod, he smiles. The memory rises in his heart, 
little more than images of Uncle Jang's kind smile, the warmth of his infinite patience. Wei Wuxian had been so frustrated, so far behind Jiang Chang and the others, years behind where he should be in his training. He could feel the energy inside him and couldn't get it to do what he wanted it to do. Here, Shun. Feel that? I want you to just feel what I do. Don't try to power anything yourself, he says, reaching for a snowball. Just concentrate on what the energy feels like. Smell of the water, sound of it lapping against the docks, and Uncle Jang's big hand covering his, letting Wei Wuxian feel the pulse of his energy, what it was meant to feel like. He throws the snowball in the air and barely waits for it to start its descent before he lets the talisman flare and burst forth. He hears Lan Qin's sharp intake of breath as the snowball arcs out towards the training targets. When he looks down, the boy is staring at his fingers, his eyes shining intensely. Do that again, Lan Qin breathes, forgetting his manners. Wei Wuxian grins at what he hears in the boy's voice, though. Uncle, again? Please? This time, he doesn't bother with the snowball, just lets his energy flow into the talisman and kicks up a gust of wind that swirls around them, blowing a cloud of snowflakes up into the air. Lan Xin's eyes fall shut, as though he's listening to something. Once more! He gasps, and then seems to remember himself. His eyes snap open and he grabs at Wei Wuzhen's sleeve with his free hand. I'm sorry, I mean, please, Senior Wei, one more time. Wei Wuxian cannot resist chucking the boy under the chin with a fond smile. As many times as you need, Eshin, he says, the endearment slipping out. Of course, Eshin, as many times as you need. Once more he fires a talisman. Once more, he watches something like understanding pass over Lan Xin's small face. That's what... Oh, that's what... The boy whispers to himself. As the wind dies down for a third time, Lan Xin lets go, and he takes the talisman Wei Wuxian holds out to him. When the little boy nods, Wei Wuxian tosses a final snowball into the air. Lan Xin's eyes follow it, and Wei Wuxian swears he hears the entire rest of the class take a collective breath. As it starts to fall to the ground again, Lan Xin's hand snaps out and the talisman actually flares, a perfectly aimed gust of wind shooting out and smacking square into the snowball. Wei Wuxian laughs out loud and claps joyfully as the snowball is flung sailing in a perfect arc farther and faster out into the training field than almost all of the others. It hits one of the training targets dead center, and Lan Xin's whole spine seems to straighten at the wet smack of it. There is no hint of even nascent Lan decorum. The other juniors burst into cheers. Wonderful! Magnificent! Well done, Lan Xin! Well done! Wei Wuzhen crows, clapping his hands on the boy's shoulder and patting them proudly. He is very nearly bowled over when the child suddenly lurches forward, wrapping his small arms around Wei Wuzhen's waist and burying his face in his stomach. Before Wei Wuzhen can react, Lan Xin is already stepping back, 
ducking his head shyly as he wipes his sleeve against his eyes that have a suspicious shine. I'm sorry, he whispers. We're not supposed to have outbursts. Thank you, Senior Way. Thank you very much. The ecstatic grin on Wei Wuxian's face mellows to something sweeter as the rest of the baby juniors crowd around Lan Xin, congratulating him. You're very welcome, he says. He glances around the training field as the juniors get themselves back under control, flicking a few quick charms at their piles of snowballs to scatter them. The clouds are even heavier now, the promise of snow growing by the minute. But he probably shouldn't advertise what they've been doing all afternoon. Not that he's going to try and get the children to hide it or anything. Even if there weren't about a hundred rules dealing with lying and secrets in the cloud recesses, he's not going to ask children to be dishonest on his behalf. Besides, as long as he has Len Jen to hide behind, it might be amusing to see Len Chiren's reaction when he realizes what's been going on. As he turns to gather the students back into their perfect landlines to go get ready for supper, he realizes he's about to get part of his wish. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Chapter 2 of Something Yet to Learn Written by Glitter Bombshell Narrated by Serd Theme music Spirited Away Once again, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have reading it. Please tune in again next time for Chapter 3. Until then, happy listening! In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.